Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Sunday afternoon or a Monday morning, wherever you are and however you've joined us, be it at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate it. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Whenever you want to start your day the right way, Strange Brew Coffee is there for you. And like we've been saying, if you've been detecting a little hint of fall in the air in this 95-degree heat, it's because pumpkin spice is available at Strange Brew Coffee House. So I know it's hot outside, but it doesn't mean you can't put on the Uggs and the sweater and go grab yourself a delicious pumpkin spice drink. Whenever you want one at Strange Brew Coffee House, College Corner, plenty of maroon and white merchandise there to be found, be it of the national championship variety or otherwise. Whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, they've got you covered at College Corner. And they've also got you taken care of for anything you need for your tailgating setup or home gating setups. Whatever you want to do to make you people know you're a Mississippi State fan, shop at College Corner to do it. Two locations to serve you in Jackson. They're in the Ridgeland, they're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, they're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant and Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. And now that the, everybody's getting back into town, that place is always going to be buzzing. Such a great atmosphere. The big patio, homemade uh, Mexican food that you can't find anywhere else. Lots of great drink specials every day. You're missing out if you haven't been to Humble Taco. Make sure this fall when you're up here for football that Humble Taco is on your list. Bobby Falk, the Bulldogs are back in scrimmage action at Davis Wade Stadium on Saturday. And just from, you know, neither one of us were there, unfortunately, but just looking at the stats, Robbie, it, it seems like the offense was a little bit better than it was in, in week one, but the defense is still sort of carrying things. Every time I see the defensive stats, I got to tell you, I, I get more and more excited. We'll start with the defense because I think that's where the best, the best news is. They're, they're going to be good. There's just there doesn't seem any way around that. This is going to be a really good defensive unit. Yeah, it really just depends on your outlook. Or if you're a glass half empty person, then you say, well, the offense is terrible. I hadn't got any better. They're no good. Mike Leach isn't going to work. If you're glass half full, you look at this and you say, on, the defense is pretty good. I think that's somewhere in between. I think the offense does need to be better than what they are, but the defense has consistently been good since we've seen them at practice. Uh, you know, I, haven't, I haven't been able to get beat at either scrimmage, which is upsetting, but it is what it is. But, uh, you know, based on what I've read from Paul Jones, who's been at every – pretty much every practice, every scrimmage, and, you know, Steve's had some tidbits as well, it, it seems like the defense has remained consistent throughout. And I, I think that's kind of what – you and I both pretty much expected they're they're returning a lot of guys from last year. They're not just throwing a lot of walk out walk ons out on the field. And no offense to those guys, they they played really well. But you know, there's a difference in you know uh, guys in the back end of the defense 
that are scholarship players and the ones that had to play last year out of out of necessity. Um, so, I, you know, I think that the depth's gotten better, and I think that the talent is better than it was a year ago. And Zach Arnett's scheme, when you add that to the to the mix, it makes for a really good defense. And right now, that's what's been showing up in practice is the defense has just been better from what we've been able to see. I said it last week on the show when I was recapping the scrimmage, and, and I'll just say it again, that you can't in one breath tell me you expect this defense to be a really good defense, and then in the other say, I'm surprised at how bad the offense is in scrimmages. You know, if the defense is good, the defense is good. If it's going to shut down other offenses as well. You know, and especially when we talk, and we mentioned this last week, that they're running Zach Arnett's base defense, which means those when the ones are out there, you know, while not maybe not Wally, but you know, the, the, the outside receivers are getting covered by Forbes and Emerson, which means they're covered. Yeah. Which means, you know, this there's, there's gonna be a lot of blitzes coming from Aaron Brule and Tyrus Wheat, who are good blitzers. So, you know, you have to take you do have to take everything with a grain of salt. And you mentioned, you know, half empty, half full. I mean, guys, I mean, I've built my brand on being cup half empty. But even I will tell you that, you know, I expect the defense to dominate these scrimmages because I expect the defense to be better than the offense this year. I think the defense, you know, and you, we'll talk about our, our media poll uh, on tomorrow's show, but I, I said top 40 defense, and, I, and honestly, it could be a top 25 defense. They have the talent and the scheme is good. So the fact that they're in control of these scrimmages early on is, is, not, is not a huge surprise to me. Now, I will say this. I have some concerns about what's happening offensively. Um, you know, you, you, you throw uh, 27 passes for only 160 yards. I mean, that's not a good yards per attempt. The, the, the completion percentage for Will Rogers, not very good at all. They're 13 of 27. I think he was 11 of 20 the week before. So he's just sort of hovering around the 50% mark. But, uh, again, if I want to make it look a little better, last year, Rogers was a 60-plus percent passer in, in games. So when he starts seeing defenses that aren't Zach Arnett's, I just naturally expect that percentage to, to go up. What do you think of the, the numbers for Will Rogers, the first couple of scrimmages? He was 69%, by the way, last year. Nice. Which was which was a Mississippi State record, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it is concerning a little bit, but you do have to take that stuff with, with a grain of salt because it's a scrimmage. It's not a real game. This defense is – sending blitzes from all over. They're trying out some new things. They didn't have the offensive line, uh, the starting offensive line fully set. You have to you have to take into account who was on the offensive line, you know, what's kind of going on there. And I know that Scott Lashley has been injured uh, in a minor in- injury for the last week or so. And so they were mixing and matching up front. Cole Smith was out there at guard. I think Cam Jones at, at tackle. So there's just it just seems like they're tinkering with some things there offensively and they're not fully set. But yeah, I mean if they come out against La Tech and Will Rogers passes for fifty percent in that game, then I I think that you should have a little bit of concern. But I just I you know we've seen we've seen what these players look like at practice and things like that. But you can't fully gauge what a team looks like until they go up against someone else. I I can't really tell. You know, is the defense just really good or the offense bad or vice versa? Sometimes it's hard to tell that until they get on the field against somebody else. One thing I like, one stat line I like, Marks and Johnson, a combined seven rushes for 56 yards. That's eight yards a carry. Um, You know, if Mississippi State – this sounds sort of funny, right? It really does. But if State 
as a team can average 60 yards rushing a game, I mean, they'll be in, they'll be in fine shape. And if they're going to get eight yards a carry, you know, that, that's, that, that, that bodes pretty well. Um, Marks also had a catch for eight yards. Again, that's, that's a good number. Dylan Johnson, two catches for 10 yards. You'd like to see that up a little bit more, but I saw it last week and now you're seeing it again. The running backs seem to have found a, a little more productivity so far in these scrimmages. Yeah, they have. And, uh, you know, I think you're going to see a healthy balance between the two guys. I think that both of them now are, are pretty capable of shedding tacklers, having a good strong run after the catch or, you know, just with with the handoff. I, I mentioned it last week. I feel I feel really good about Woody Marks, and I think that he's made some tremendous strides and just getting bigger and, and getting his body to the point where he can take on SEC tacklers and uh, take the hits that he does because he's just he's going to touch the ball a lot. You, you just need those guys to have some kind of semblance of a running game. You, we, we've said it over and over again, but there's got to be something that has the defense's eyes on the backfield. You, you got you got to take that pressure off of the wide receivers with everybody dropping back and just waiting for somebody to catch the ball in front of them. You, you got to have you know some some you know uh, consistency there. It doesn't have to be twenty five carries a game. You know it's just got to be you know, a few carries here and there and, you know, maybe Will Rogers tucking up and run it. Because how many times did we see Will Rogers or whoever was at quarterback last year drop back to pass? There's no one within 15 yards Mm -hmm. of them and, you know, they're still going to pass the ball. So sometimes it's got to be just you see all that grass, just take off and run. You know, I mean, that like that's that makes a lot of sense. But um, it's just – it's going to – I'm really interested to see – what this offense looks like in year two under Mike Leach. And if we see some tinkering here and there, a few more rushes, if we see something like what the, the offense did against Missouri, I, I think people are going to be really happy. You mentioned, you know, the word I keep using when I describe the running game is being effective. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you run it 10 times, 20 times, whatever. Am I getting five, six, seven yards of carry when I do it? If State's going to get five, six, seven yards of carry, it doesn't really matter how many times they run the ball because teams are going to know, well, when they do run the ball, they're going to put themselves in a good position. And you talked about the quarterback being able to run. It just It's just crucial, especially in these early games where teams are going to be really heavy on that eight-man uh, zone defense. Costello, in particular, suffered from it a season ago. I can't tell you how many times, and Robbie was there in the press box as well, that you know he would he would roll out and there would be space for him to run. I mean, you go back to the Arkansas game, there were two or three times he could have run and gotten first downs, and for whatever reason, he just stayed and, and ended up throwing the ball incomplete or throwing into coverage or whatever he would do, to the point where there were times last year for me personally that I thought, put Schrader in and just let him try to do something. But Will Rogers, you, you, towards the end of the season last year, had the confidence in his his legs to take off and, and run some uh have some good games. He had a couple of good games against Missouri. He had a touchdown against Tulsa. So if he can again, it's just about keeping the defense honest. If they drop everybody back and, and you can't find somebody, go go. And if he, five yards is better than no yards, you know that, that's how you have to look at things. And if, if you if you're willing to dink and dunk with the passing game, you sort of need to be willing to do it with the running game as well. If you're getting five yards a carry, nobody's going to complain about anything. So offensively. Yeah, the the running game it looks like it, it's starting to, to tune up a little bit. In the passing game, you know, 
Not a big day at the, at the, at the park for a lot of guys. Makai Polk with another touchdown. Uh, Caleb Ducking with a touchdown. But Austin Williams, four catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. That's a stat line that catches my attention because I don't – I mean, that's – we're talking over 20 yards a catch from, from Austin Williams, who you and I would both deem as the possession guy. Yeah, I think he had a big touchdown run uh, from what I, what I saw on video. Uh, I mean, again, sorry we weren't there, but we had previous engagement. But uh, from what I saw on video, it looked like he had a long touchdown run. And, I mean, that's a deceptive athlete. He's not just a guy that's just going to catch the ball and fall down every time. You know, he's, he's a guy that can, if he gets loose, I mean, he can get out there and, and get you a big game. So, and that's, that's good for State to see the productivity throughout, you know, all those wide receivers. I feel like they got tons of different weapons out there, and it's just – it's so interesting to see the different body styles, the different type of receivers that they have because you got the guys like Tulu and, and Rufus and Jameer Calvin who are smaller guys that can be possession guys and that can be, you know, guys that are just going to drive defenses nuts – and then you got, you know, Makai Polk, Caleb Ducking, the big tall receivers, and Malik Heath. You got Jaden Wally, who's kind of a mix of a possession guy and a, and a guy that can really break out and have a big game for you. And then Austin Williams and, and players like that. So there's so many different options that Will Rogers has in this offense. You just have to find a way to get those guys the ball. And I think, you know, back to what we're talking about when, when you look at these defenses that they're going to face, when you start kind of drawing those defenders close to the line of scrimmage with running the ball or whatever, then you start getting your man-on-man coverage that you that you want. And that's why I think this offense can really thrive is when you get the man-on-man opportunities and the, it's the receiver and the quarterback's job to, to make the play. So that's the key. I mean, you just got to gotta find a way to put pressure on the defense so they can come out of that, that look they're putting on and then you can have the big plays. And if that means dinking and dunking it down the field, if that means taking off and running a little bit, so be it. But the state's got to execute better. And I think really that was the biggest issue last year, just lack of execution. I don't think that this offense is incapable. I think they can make plays against that kind of defense. It's just that they weren't getting the job done. And I, you know, that's, that's where Will Rogers and the offensive line and those guys have to take a step forward this year. When you look at the offensive line, and obviously, you know, we've been talking about that for months now and how how, effect, how effective that's going to be is what determines the season. You know, five sacks given up, but three of them were to King Ani, and those obviously would have been against the third and fourth team offensive line. That's not a – I know people are getting excited because, of the A, he's a former four-star athlete, and, B, you know, he's putting up some numbers, and he, he looks good in practice, but that's not a guy I'm expecting to make a huge contribution uh, this upcoming this smells like This smells like John Harris. It does. It does very John Harris kind of, a, of approach to it but Tyrus Wheat did have two sacks that's I would expect that Tyrus Wheat took like a good it uh, was like I said it's a good uh a good rusher but you know they cleaned it up last week it was 10 sacks this week it's five so that that you yeah, know that take, to me that's that's take a good what you time. can get yeah yeah I mean again two sacks let's assume that that Wheat plays against you know ones and twos right so that's two sacks on 40 attempts between what Rogers and Lovertich did not terrible not there. I mean, well, if, you, if you throw the ball forty times and you only have two sacks in the game, you'll take that most times. It's like it's like the people that say that Charles Cross had a bad year last year because he gave up a few sacks. But when you consider that he's dropping back in pass protection like sixty five times a game, that's a little different. And you're on the blind side, 
Um, this isn't, you know, the Mississippi State offense of the past where they're running the football 40 times a game and they might give up two or three sacks. This is an offense that's going to pass the ball most of the ball game. So you're going to have sacks. You're going to have quarterback pressures. You're going to have negative yardage and, and you know, the rushing stat. Uh, that's just how it goes with this offense. You drop back enough times, at some point you're going to get sacked. So, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I just – I think that is encouraging. The numbers were a little bit better. But, again, you have, you have to look at these numbers and, and really kind of adjust your expectations a little bit. There's the, the scrimmages can really kind of get your mind wandering in a different direction. At least it doesn't appear like one side is totally dominating the other. And that, to me, is a good thing because if you see one side totally dominating, especially if you're not sure about it, look, if they, you know, in 2018, if the defense is totally dominating, I get it. I expect it to be good, and it was. But I remember – I'm old enough to remember 2003, and I brought this up last week, where the offense was just dominating the scrimmages. You're like, oh, wow, Kevin Fan, those guys really figured it out. No, no, Ron <laughs> Cooper was the worst defensive coordinator in, in the world, and that defense was terrible all season long. So, for, and just from reading Paul's report, Paul Jones on 24-7, his report, it seems like early on the defense was dominating the scrimmage, but the offense found its way towards the end. That works for me. So, obviously, some work to do. The, the, the thing that, that, that has me the most concerned, like I said, is completion percentage. I know it's a scrimmage, and it's difficult to figure out exactly what they're doing, but I would like to see Rodgers over, over 60%. So, you know, we'll see next week. I assume they'll scrimmage again. I don't know that we'll be uh, – able to witness that one because it's so close to, you know, we're getting closer and closer to game time there. I think media access to practice will be limited uh, starting this week, you know, and they'll, they'll allow us to do interviews and things of that nature. But as far as watching the whole practice, that won't be happening. That's the only – when I when I look at the numbers and you said what bothers you, completion percentage, two weeks in a row under 50. But like we said at the beginning of the show, last year a 69% passer – I expect that to work itself out in the wash. Is there anything that you see you see from these numbers or that you've seen from the reports talking to people that concerns you? Yeah, I mean, the numbers, uh, I'm kind of with you on the completion percentage, but I, I haven't seen Will miss many receivers in practice. I've, I've seen some of the other quarterbacks, you know, that, that have struggled to throw the ball deep and things like that. Will, Will's been pretty accurate from what we've been able to see and 11 on 11 and shells and all that stuff. So I'm not too worried about his accuracy. I just, I want to see the offense get away from just dunking it three yards every play. You know, we, we need to see some big plays break out every now and then. We need to see, we need to see a few rushes here and there. Um, and, you know, I wasn't at, I wasn't at the scrimmage to see what those incompletions were either. So I know last week, it was said that they had about three or four drops. Yeah. They had another pass that, that was caught, but it was out of the back of the end zone or something. So uh, you have to kind of look at that and see what happened on those plays too. I need, I need some, are you saying we need some analytics? We need some advanced stats. You know, we need to know, I, I need those things. Can, can we get Brandon Langlois the the boys to, uh, to hook up some analytics for us? Those, you know, I need to know, you know, whatever the, uh, the football equivalent of bat bip is I need that. Like, like if the pass was dropped, it doesn't go against the quarterback. Right. That counts as an accurate ball. Accurate, so, accurate completion percentage, something like we that. Need that. We, we need, need that. We need that. We need accurate. If the ball is within 
the uh, the vicinity of being caught. Any that needs any to go ball down as a any ball that hits the receiver's hands counts as a completion in that stat. Yeah. So I so I at least know. And, it, and people can look at the completion percentage, but they can yeah. also look. It's just like well, it, like it gives you a better OBP. gauge. Is the quarterback accurate? I mean, yes. you know, if, if he's if if we're in this, I don't know that the stat really exists, but if he comes, if we tell him, you know, so what was he thirteen or twenty seven? What if he's 20 for 27? He had seven passes that were you know, either dropped or you know, just out of the receiver's reach, but he could have made the play. There, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a radius that you allot. Like the ball was there. You could have made that play. That, good, that counts as a completion. As if, if your quarterback is accurate, you feel more often than not in game situations that that's going to happen, that you're going to make those plays. So, we'll And on the opposite end of that, I mean, we have yards per attempt, which tells mm-hmm. you – the quarterback's not throwing the ball down the field. We we can, or he is. We know how far he's throwing it, and that gives you a sense of just how good the quarterback is. Um, in some ways, we we need we we need to create that stat. I mean, that's going to be kind of a pain in the butt to 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 keep up with somebody. It's going to have to be like quarterback hurries. You're going to have to. It's kind of kind of have to be like a judgment call. We'll we'll see what we can get figured out. All right, let's move over to the uh, the defensive side of the ball. And that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Welcome Home Beef products, if you're looking for them in Starkville, just head over to Val's Marketplace or on Highway 12. We are only a couple of weeks away from kickoff, which means tailgating will be going full bore. You've got to check out Welcome Home Beef and grab some of their steaks, burgers, and other cuts to put on the grill when you're out in the junction or anywhere on campus this football season. Welcome Home Beef products are what makes for the best kind of tailgates. So, if your local grocery store doesn't carry Welcome Home Beef, if you can't pick it up in your local grocery store, you can always get it here in Starville. But, man, it would be a lot easier if it was just in your hometown. Why don't you call them, find out what's going on there, and call Welcome Home Beef, find out how you can get their products on the shelf near you. That number is 662-268-8148. That's Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Also, don't forget, uh, with Welcome Home Beef, another, th- another thing, They've got pre-cooked meals available now. So you're talking about saving you a lot of time. Just, just, just heat it up. And if you're a busy, uh, busy family, you want to get a, a good dinner for your family, that's the way to go. Those are available anywhere Welcome Home Beef products are sold. Sorry about that for a second. I sort of blinked. I, I, I zoned out for like two seconds there. You started thinking about those, those meals that are already I prepared. Like, I go for some pot roast right now. I won't, I won't lie to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Two Brothers is always going to be the place that's buzzing every football weekend, so make sure it's on your uh, to-do list. Go up in there, grab some great food, grab a cold drink, enjoy the patio, enjoy the people watching, enjoy the atmosphere. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. It's smoked southern soul food. Advantage Business Systems wants to take care of you two different ways. They've got you taken care of with an incredible selection of services and products, everything your business needs to grow, to thrive, and to operate with more profits and less problems. And everything they sell is backed up with the kind of customer service you expect from your next door neighbor. That's what Advantage Business Systems is. They're a local business. They work in Mississippi with Mississippians and have been for 46 years. It's a long time to stay in business. You can't do it unless you take care of your customers. So call Advantage Business Systems today and find out how they can help you. That number is 601 362 9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Defensively, uh, from the scrimmage, 
it looks like most of the run was had by the, 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 the second and third team guys. It looks like the, the starters, by and large, were just, you know, I, I don't want to say going through the motions or anything like that, but it, it just feels like all of the numbers here, you know, the most tackles were guys I don't expect to start. King Ani with three sacks. Who had interceptions? Dylan Lawrence, Kyle Cass, and Jay Hampton. I don't expect any three, one of those three guys to make a huge contribution. Bookie Watson did have one. Obviously, he's a starter. Tackles for loss, Javon Banks and Rodney Gross. I mean, those guys are be key backups, I think, but again, not uh, big-time players for MSU. QB hurries, DeMonte Russell, King Ani, Deshaun Page, John Lewis. Again, you've got some guys in there who I think will be key, uh, key reserves and, and big depth pieces, but not starters. Emmanuel Forbes also had a with a QB hurry. I'd like to have seen that, a corner blitz. Uh, and then the PBU sort of the same thing. Rodney Gross, Deontay Anderson, Asias Furch, DeCameron Richardson. Richardson, I expect to have a big role, but we'll see. But uh, if I'm gonna, you know, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do the positive thing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better, y'all. Uh, I mean that that's a good, it's good to see all these different names and faces because state needs depth. They need some young guys to step up, and it looks like you know in this scrimmage, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, one thing that's interesting to me is uh, it looks like Daniel Greek is the third string guy. He was yeah. – so, which, I mean, I'm just guessing here but because it's all scrambled up on, on who played when. Chance Lovertich was the first QB, and then Will Rogers came in. So, I don't really know what the cadence is with that. But um, I, I'm – I'm just I'm I'm really interested to see this quarterback thing map out after Will Rogers, but uh, yeah, to your point, but we've kind of seen that uh, on the defensive side of the ball, we've seen more faces than we have on offense, and it's been it's been really interesting to see the differences between Mike Leach and Zach Arnett because Mike Leach kind of has his core core group in eleven eleven and things like that. Zach Arnett's constantly subbing in guys. I mean, Ty Cooper has gotten a ton of reps so far in practices. Um, guys like Jay Hampton and William Hardrick, um, King Ani, of course. Those guys are getting a lot of reps. Dylan Lawrence is getting a lot of reps at safety. So it, it's really, it's really can, the contrast between Leach and Arnett is fascinating to see, you know, Leach kind of being a little careful with his freshmen, not throwing guys into the fire just yet, has this core group that he gives most of the reps. And then Arnett's just like, no, get out there. Yeah. I mean, Ty Cooper's been running second team pretty much the whole time. So, um, and that's good for the defense. I think I, I kind of like that. I, I like the core group on offensive guys, give those guys the most reps in this offense because you, you want those guys to get the most repetitions to kind of be in the flow of that air raid. Defense, you want to have the depth. You want to be fresh, as fresh as you can get, and you don't want much of a drop-off. So um, that's been interesting to see, and it's been cool to see a lot of these young guys making plays on the defensive side of the ball during camp so far. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to kind of see how that plays out during the year, Who's who gets on the field and how deep Arnett goes. Yeah, I mean, because you think about last season and, and <laughs> I mean, how rough it was there at the end. You just didn't have anybody. You were putting guys out there that, you know, you didn't really want to play. This year, it appears that Mississippi State, I mean, I'm not going to go the 1A, 1B route, but they've got a lot of guys. They've got, you know, 
maybe six or seven defensive linemen that they they feel com- comfortable with. They've got four or five, five, six linebackers they feel pretty comfortable with. You know, they got to find a you know fourth cornerback, but I think they have three they feel pretty good about, and they probably got four or five safeties that they feel pretty good about. You know, I'm not saying that all of these guys are all SEC players. I'm not saying that they're all even SEC players, but you've got enough guys that you know you're not feeling out of place. That you're not playing FCS players when when you know late in the game if somebody goes down. So you know you can never have too much depth. That, 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 it doesn't matter what position it is. Go ahead. So the real good. The, I mean, what tells you just what tells you just how far this defense has come now in a year and kind of where they were. London Craft. I mean, he was really good last year. Jay Jemison. Those guys really stepped up and came through in the clutch for Mississippi State. Well, those guys are third string now. Yeah. Uh, Sherman Timms was was starting playing a ton late in the season. He's second team. So that shows you the depth that Mississippi State's accumulated and they, they've kind of gotten guys back on track here. And they should be – I mean, your expectations for this defense should be that they're significantly better. And if they're significantly better than they were last year, that's really good. Well, what it means is if, if the offense doesn't have to be significantly better, it just has to be better. You know, it doesn't have to be a top 50, yeah. top 25 offense. They just got to be reliable. Can they get 27 to 30 points a game? I know a lot of people think that's a lot of points. In today's college football, it really isn't. You know, good defenses are giving up 20, 22, 23 points a game. So it's, it's just – and also with those three non-conference games to start the year – it allows the offense to sort of grow and get comfortable prior to the LSU game. Yeah, I, I, rem- I always remember, and, and it's not the same situation because NC State is in there, and Mississippi State I don't think is as good, obviously. But 2014, the way they started the season with USM, UAB, and South Alabama, it was almost like a preseason. They got to work out a lot of kinks. They were never really in any danger of losing those games. And – and by the time they got to LSU, they were they were sort of humming a little bit because they had built up some momentum. They were three and zero. They were confident. It could be sort of the same situation as this year. If you can win those games against, I think those three teams are better. La Tech is a very solid year in year out group of five team. NC State, we talked about them some last week. They're they're a dangerous team. Memphis, we all know that they're a team that can score a lot of points. They're better than those three teams you played in twenty fourteen. I don't think the MSU football is going to be better than it was in 2014. I certainly don't think this team's going to be number one in the nation at any point. But you have the opportunity to build up some confidence, build up some momentum that when you so that when you play LSU at home, you've got a big crowd who expects you to win against a team you beat last year. There's a, there's a lot working in your favor if you can if you can get through these first three games the way you should. And. I, I know it's, it's kind of weird because I know more about this team this year than I did last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, we had no clue what to expect. Yeah. They didn't have – had no spring. You know, fall camp was weird. We had, you know, to – we had nothing – we didn't know what to expect from Michael Leach in this offense in his first year. Defense had a new defensive coordinator, a new system. This year, you know what to expect defensively. You feel like you're going to be better on defense. Offense, you feel like you're going to be better somehow. It's the other teams that I don't know about. I, I don't know – we how many times have we said, like, this game's a toss-up game, this game's – I look at the schedule, and half of the schedule is toss-up games. I don't know 
I can't look at the schedule and say all these games are wins and all these games are losses. It's been, it's been difficult. So I can look at the schedule and say I can see State going five and seven. Mm-hmm. I can also look at the schedule and say I can see State going nine and three. It's it's so hard to to look at this and say that this is going to happen. So I mean, you you talk about those first few games. You're exactly right. You can get some positive momentum in those first three weeks before you play LSU that could go a long way, and it's going to impact your season in a positive way. Or you could go the opposite direction. That that Memphis and NC State back-to-back duo there, that's that's very tough. That's If State comes out of that thing and they're 3-0, and mm-hmm. I feel really good about this season. You said toss-up games, you know, and we'll talk, like I said, more about the media poll tomorrow. But look at the, the, the number of different teams that show up in those two questions that I always ask about who could state upset and who could upset state. There's like six, five or six teams. All State has a bunch of toss-up games. I mean, even Memphis to a slight degree is a toss-up game because it's on the road and it's kind of a trap game when, we, when you look at where it places on the schedule. I think State will win and win comfortably, but there's some, there's some things that work there for sure, so – a lot to talk about. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. We've got the media poll, 13 of us uh, here on the MSU beat. We got all of their projections and predictions uh, for the 2021 season. We'll go over those in detail uh, on tomorrow's show. Wednesday will be the rumblings. We'll talk about Louisiana Tech on, uh, on Thursday's show, along with our MSU schedule uh, preview. And then Friday, well, we'll, we'll figure something out between now and then. Maybe we'll just do a whole uh, show about the return of CM Punk. I'll be totally honest. I could be down for that. Uh, yeah, you don't have to twist my arm on that one. I didn't think we would. So, all right, I, I just I, I I just watched it again. By the way, I had oh, to I've watched it I've watched that the the both the videos, the entrance and the promo, a uh, combined sixty times probably in this weekend. So, I can't get over it. All right, just play just play it on loop. We're, I'm just gonna I play would. it on loop. I would. I, I don't care. All right. Guys, have a great rest of your Sunday and a Monday. I'm back with you on Tuesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.